Welcome to Semper Sometimes with Benny. So um, tonight I have Gunnery Sergeant Mendoza. Um, he is a longtime friend of mine. I've known him probably about like 10 years at, at this point. Um, met on recruiting duty. Well, he was on recruiting duty and I was just, you know, a Lance Corporal, um, just kind of helping him out in the office and the other Marines. And um, you went, learned a lot of the things that I know from him. Um, and so the reason for this episode tonight, um, as I've said before, part of the podcast is for um, remembering Marines, um, Marines that have been, you know, that, that have either died overseas or that have died in, you know, in, in this case, training accidents, um, things that were, you know, could have been maybe changed or stuff like that. But, you know, realistically, just remembering those who, who died, um, remembering their families and just remembering that not everybody we lose dies overseas in a combat-related uh, incident, and and sometimes it is here in the states, you know, during a training evolution or something like that. Um, so tonight we're we're going to kind of be talking about um, solely we're going to be talking about Corporal Dan Baltasari. Um, he was one of 16 people who died in in the Yankee 72 um, on July 10th, 2017. That was their call sign. Um, the plane crashed into the Mississippi, uh, in Mississippi, killing 16 people on board. Among those 16 were 15 Marines and one sailor. I wanted to create an episode talking about those who knew these men. We all we often lose people and never hear about the person they were. Sometimes we never hear these stories at all, and this is why I wanted to have Gunny Mendoza out here to talk to us about Dan, um, because you know, you were his recruiter um, and a huge part of why he actually joined the Marine Corps. Um, so without further ado, um, Gunny, welcome. Yeah, man, I, uh, I really appreciate it. Uh, it's an honor to come on this episode and talk about Dan um, and remembrance him. I think it's super, super cool that you're doing this. I appreciate that. So, um, so how did you meet Dan? Do you, can, I know that was years ago and you, yeah. I, and I know that like me and now being me being a recruiter, you know, as staff and CIC, you know, having put in hundreds of people, I understand that like <laughs> you, you sometimes the stories get mixed, you know, get conjumbled and pushed together. But um, do you do you remember, you know, how you came across him or do you remember at all how you guys met? I do, man. I do. I, I think I remember most of it. Uh, so Dan actually, if I remember right, went online to Marines.com. He and did. Requ yeah, requested info. So he, you know, that came to my desk. I gave him a call. Uh, and I think he was, well, no, he was thinking about the Army. He thought about the Army for a long time. Um, but I just want to get some info on the Marine Corps. So I talked to him. And if I remember right, he was, uh, he was interested in the Rangers, I think. So combat arms, uh, thinking about it for a long, long time. I know that. Um, what do you call it? And so I brought him to the office, you know, made an appointment and he was at the time he was, he was 17. I can't remember if it was going into his senior year, the summer, you know, the summer prior, or if he, he was already in it, you know, like that fall or uh, early winter, but yeah. I know it was, it was pretty early on his senior year of high school. I remember that. Yeah. But, uh, his dad brought him in if I remember correctly. Um, and Dan, he was super smart, man. Uh, as you know, we, everybody kind of takes like, you know, the ASVAB pretest or did you take the ASVAB pretest and he was like in the sixties or seventies. So super, super smart guy, young man. Um, you know, so he played football at the time. And like I said, he won his senior year. So I was like, dude, 
I definitely want to talk to this guy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. But, I mean, it, I had a good first meeting. Yeah. Because, um, so I was actually able to pull up um, his interview log. And you're right. You didn't. You you met him in July, and then I okay. guess that was the senior year he was going into because you uh, you spoke to his parents as well. And, and I guess at the time his dad was really about joining, um, but my I guess mom maybe had some apprehensions. Um, yeah, dad. Sorry, dad was super supportive. Dad, um, I think he was living with. He was of his father. Uh, his mom lived up in New York at the time, uh, and I remember I think it was when Dan was taking the practice test. For like 20 30 minutes um and just answering all dad's questions you know uh i would just it was being in that area in new jersey you know majority of the parents aren't they support the military but they don't necessarily support the children you know their own blood going in all the time oh, yeah, um yeah. and so it was yeah man it, it was great talking to his father and just hearing the support um of dan's desire to join the military just in general yeah, and he was in the, I believe he was in the ROTC, too, at Cold Snake, right? I don't know. I don't remember being in the ROTC. I definitely remember him playing football. But yeah, because I, I know he knew Caulfield. I know he knew Caulfield in them. Because um, a lot of, and it's crazy, because a lot of people that I know know his name. And I remember his funeral had a lot of people there. Like, there was a huge yeah. outcome for his funeral. Yeah. Um, so do you, can you kind of just, do you remember at all, like, the type of person that he was? Do you remember, like, is there anything you can kind of tell us about him as a, as a person, as a poolie? Because he, he was in the pool for quite a while before he actually went on to boot camp and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he dapped in. Uh, so, you know, Rose right hand swore the oath um, not too long after, you know, early on his senior year. I can't remember exactly when he, you know, uh, signed up. But... Um, obviously super, super patriotic. You could tell not like out there crazy in your face, but like you knew he just had that internal desire um, to serve and like do something more and, and, and be part of something. So I really, really admired that um, about him and athletic. I think he was maybe fullback. So um, it was offensive football. So, you know, like I said, super athletic um, and he, as far as, you know, in the pool, which is where I would say most of my relationship was with him, uh, he was, I think, one of the more standout guys in the pool. Yeah, uh, yeah, like, yeah, dude, yeah when we did PT, uh, the PT sessions, you know, twice a week, he was he was always there, like super loyal, always there, unless, uh, you know, aside from football season. Um, but once that was over, man, he was always, always there, uh, usually front of the pack, like leading everybody. Uh, getting people there, uh, kind of a funny guy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I remember. you know, he always, yeah, dude, always cracked jokes. Um, the pool, the pool loved him. Uh, kind of like the the primary click in the pool. They, they, he got along with them really, really well. Um, and with with his smarts, man, I, if I remember right, I think he helped out a few guys um, that were having trouble. Yeah, pass get you know passing the ASVAB. Um, helping them study up. Uh, so just all in all, man, just a really, really, really good, loyal and good person, man. That's, you know, that's the majority of what I can say about him. Um, yeah. As far as that goes. Yeah. Yeah. Then did you now when, once he 
became a Marine boot camp and all that, were you able to keep, you know, in touch with him throughout his time in the Marine Corps until he ended up, you know, becoming a corporal and, and moving on through that? Unfortunately, I didn't talk to him too much. Once he, he, once he had come back to boot camp, you know, obviously you like love seeing him as a Marine in uniform, like super proud of the guy. Um, but once he went off the, you know, his follow on training to, um, uh, to become a, a crew chief, yeah. uh, he not, not too much. I talked to him a couple of times. Um, but I know that he was, had a lot of fall on training at the boot camp, So not too, too much, to be honest. Uh, I know that he did keep in touch with a few of the, the pulleys. Yeah. Well, yeah. I say pulleys, but you know, some of the other Marines that he yeah, had joined with. Yeah, exactly, man. Yeah. Cause some of those, and he was a big, a huge part of the community because, like, a lot of people will ask me, you know, when I was on recruiting duty, people would ask me, oh, did you know Dan? And and immediately I would just immediately believe that they were talking about Dan Baldessari. And yeah. and it was just always, like, a good thing. You know, like, Major Penzag is still at the school. Um, and a lot of, you know, the, the faculty would always ask me if I knew him um, and other people that I just bump into in the area because I still live around here. Um but yeah, it's 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 good to know that people knew who he was, you know. Um, so I guess my next question would really be, how did you find out about about his passing? How did you find out this this had happened? I don't remember exactly who told me, um, but I believe it was while it was live on the news, man. And you know, I could some info might be kind of mixed up, but I'm pretty sure I remember being told like, hey. Dan was part of an accident. Somebody, I think somebody had known that he was on that flight um, somehow or had had maybe talked before. I, I don't exactly know how, um, but I remember getting called up and like kind of the heads up about Dan's been in the wreck and uh, popping on the news. And um, I just remember, dude, seeing the crash and uh, feeling horrible. Uh, I wanted to call I, talking to his his parents you know his his dad and his mom i spent a good bit of time with his mother um when i went up to um see her in new york because you know him being 17 when he first joined uh he his parents had a consent for him to to sign up because yeah. you know wasn't he was an adult so um his dad you know happily signed and his mother just she had a lot of questions and you know rightfully so and she um she just you know i drove up to New York, I can't remember exactly where she lived, but went up to New York and um, spent, I think, a couple hours up there answering your questions. And and at the end, you know, she she gave her consent for Dan to, to join the Marine Corps. But I'm just wanting to call them immediately. Um, just kind of remembering all my conversations from them and just kind of holding holding back and kind of get my info because just you know them as a family. Yeah. Um, Given you know they're they probably have some people calling them and and I'm probably not the most important person that they really care about talking to. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, you know, yeah, definitely. But, they, and they were probably getting a world had a world of emotions and people calling them and, and the command and Marines yeah. and family members like, oh my God, was it true? Yeah, and, man. And yeah, I can only yeah, imagine. I just, I just remember being in disbelief, um, and feeling so upset for the family, um, you know. And again, just because his father being so, so supportive of him and his mother being so concerned for him. Uh, when I when I talked to her, and in the end, being like super supportive, um, very happy that he joined. Uh, I just felt so bad for them, you know. Yeah. And that, that's all I I could think about was like, 
was the family is what I thought about. Um, Cause I just remember seeing the wreck and being like, dude, there's, there's no way that anybody could have survived. Cause I remember seeing on the news that, you know, they're, they're looking for survivors. I'm like, there's no way, man. There's no way. Yeah. Yeah. And I, my big, my, my thing, man, is I, I feel just so bad for is I was actually looking before I decided that I wanted to, you know, do this. I was actually looking up the crash and I was kind of looking into more information about it. And um, yeah, it's just kind of insane that it was something that could have been prevented. Um, and it was something that was just um, based off of a, like a, one of the propellers, I guess, had like corrosion on it and it hadn't yeah. been and it hadn't been like maintained properly. So mm-hmm. and and that to me, and it's something that you got, we talk about all the time as Marines, you know, we give we give these classes and we, we talk about these things and, and we, we talk about it so much. And then and then it happens one day. And you're just like, wow. And this is why it's so important to, you know, to be on your A game when it comes to your job and making sure that you you are doing things the right way because this is something that could have been prevented. It's something that, you know, if if things were done the correct way, this could have been prevented and we didn't, you know, 16 people didn't have to pass, you know? Yeah, man. Uh, I think sometimes training is looked at as so routine and Mm – so many things to get looked over. Um, and I know he was at a, he was at I, I, and I unit, right? Yeah. Yeah. Mer- yeah. And, um, how the In atmosphere New York, could, I believe. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, so routine, but it, it, you know, hindsight is 2020, but it's, it's yeah. unfortunate. And yeah, you're right. We always have to be on our toes all the time and, and make sure, especially flying. That's definitely lives on the line. You, you got to make sure that everything's, everything's, you know, up to snuff. Yeah, and and I and I think, you know, another reason why I wanted to kind of talk about this too was just like like I was talking to his um his uncle about it, and I was just like, yeah. you know, I I feel I, I feel for the family, right? Yeah. Because it because if you think about it, you know, you 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 see these videos online or you see like movies that are made about different people, right? But you never see the family's point of view. You never see how this family now has to live the rest of their entire life without their son um and they're going to continue to make memories and and it's like for me like I, I have a son i know you have you know kids um and it's just crazy to think like you know that one day that could happen you know or, or something like that and, and it's something you know it kind of just really turns it around on you and makes you realize like you got to really appreciate what you have when you have it um absolutely dude. you know dan's one of those guys because you i'm sure you as a recruiter you know, like there's those certain people that you put in the Marine Corps that just kind of cross your mind every now and then, you know, they just, as much as you hope you made an impact on them, uh, they've definitely made an impact on you. And, yeah, you know, yeah. obviously Dan being one of those guys um, in it's, the tragedy, is, you know, can never leave, but, you know, just in general, him being one of those guys along with others that you just kind of think about. Um, and you always kind of wonder like, what if someone different, you know, wonder how the family's doing, um, and just, from time to time, man, it's just, you know, he's one of those people that, that you just you just think about is just in the back of your mind and just kind of comes to come to the forefront here and there. Does it um does it at, at all affect you that this kind of happened? Like, does it like does it come up to you, come up in your head? Like, do you think about it often? Do you like does it bother you at all that this kind of happened and that you were his recruiter? Like any kind of like issues with that? You know, man, um, it's funny you ask that. I. I was talking to my wife the other the other night, and um, after you after you messaged me about about doing this, 
And I never talked to him about it, but I was like, you know, um, Dan, if I remember right, he wanted, he you know, told you he was interested in being a ranger. Um, I'm pretty sure he wanted to be an, a grunt, uh, an infantryman. And someone smart like Dan, you know, you never, you always leave, well, for everybody, but you always leave all, all options off the table. Um, and I've talked about every single job, you know, I'm talking about mechanics, talking about um, my job in engineer, talking about, you know, everything you qualified for. Um, and I remember specifically talking about being a crew chief and being like, dude, if I was a young Marine and I could go back in time and I could have another job, like this would be a job that I would 100% do because you fly, you travel the world, you get stationed anywhere, you know, you get stationed at any Marine Corps base, any joint Air Force base, or, you know, joint base, whatever. Uh, you're, you know, eventually, like, you own the operation side of that plane, that craft, whatever you're assigned to. And it's just, it's a badass job, man. And, you know, there's, there's risks to everything, but yeah, definitely, you know, at times I'm like, dude, if I, and one, it was one of those jobs that I pushed on Dan. Like, hey, like you would like this? Talk to him. I think he's one of the few ones that he, like, final finals that he was considering. Um, and I just think, like, dude, if I didn't push the job on him, would he still be here today? Uh, and you know, this podcast is definitely not about me, but I think that, um, you know, although, although I think about that, it's I like to think that Dan enjoyed what he was doing. Um, yeah. They made the right choice that. <clears throat> You know, on my end, I just, I tried to, to give him as many options for success yeah. as possible so that he could enjoy his time in the Marine Corps, man. Because, I mean, that's really what it's what it's all about. People see the Marine Corps and they're like, dude, infantry, infantry, infantry. And that's like, no, there's there's so much more out there. Um, and it's just, it's unfortunate that that uh, it it turned out this way. But definitely, I do, yeah. I do think about it sometimes. And like I said, you know, I just told my wife the other night and, you know, she said, like, you can't. It's not your fault. And I, I know it's not mine, um, but I always just, you know, wonder, like, you know, hey, if you just, if I, just like, yeah, do you want to be an infantry dude? Here, there you go. Like, would it, you know, how would it have turned out? He, he might have yeah. not even enjoyed the Marine Corps, but um, I just would like to think that, you know, he was really enjoying what he was doing. Um, he, made, he made an awesome choice for the job he, yeah. he had, because, like I said, man, it's, it's a cool job, um, but it, it has its dangers like everything else. Yeah. And I and, and the reason why I asked you that is because um, that's really what I'm trying to do. Like I said, in, in these situations and in, in this in this podcast and these episodes is, you know, yeah, I'm trying to, you know, number one, definitely have a memorial and kind of just remember him as a person and remember his family and those that loved him. Mm-hmm. But a huge part of it um, is just talking about, you know, how it affects the people that were close to him because it really does, you know, like it was uh, like the other day I had an episode a couple of weeks ago. Um, it's called Pat's purpose. And it's about a close friend of mine who passed away from cancer um, yeah. that he received, you know, um, while in the Marine Corps. Um, and the reason why I did that episode, well, first of all, just because he's a, he was a friend of mine and I knew, you know, friends of his and stuff, but you know, I got his family's take on it. So I spoke to his sister, I spoke to the fiance, yeah. You know, and again, it's really because to me, at least, you know, you, you once these people are gone, if no one tells their story, then the story will never get heard, you know, and and a lot of times it, it happens like that. It's actually crazy because yesterday I was driving um, down Route 9 in, in Howell 
Um, and this dude had a, uh, he was driving a Ford Expedition. Um, and on the back of it, he had like the ACDC lettering and it said mm-hmm. SFMF. And I was like, bro, that's sick, right? So I started honking on the horn trying to get yeah. this guy's attention because I was like, bro, I want that sticker, right? So he ends up rolling his window down and he says to me, bro, he says to me and my wife, my wife was driving. He goes, yeah, I retired. I got medically retired when I was 35. That was 50 years ago. I haven't done shit since. I got blown. <laughs> he go, and he said, I got blown up in Vietnam and I haven't been able to work since. And, um, and, it, and it just, and it, just made me think even more so about doing these episodes because like that dude's is 70 he's like i can't remember exactly but he's like 75 85 years old and this dude no one besides himself has probably ever heard his story or the people that yeah. he was in vietnam with and you know that guy's gonna go to pass on and he'll be just somebody else who lived in monmouth county but nobody ever really knew about you know yeah and and to me it's you know i'm not downplaying people like Kyle Carpenter or anything like that. I'm not saying that, but it's like these Marines who gave their life or who have had everlasting issues, you know, they deserve the same recognition, you know? So that's really why I wanted to do something like this. Um, 100%. I mean, Carpenter and those guys, those are, those are the, the, you know, great heroic highlighted acts, but I mean, things are done every single day. Um, acts of heroism, bravery, courage, um, even in just everyday tasks, you know, and, and, and there's so many more pieces to the puzzle and, and, and parts of the story as the Marine Corps, the whole, or even the service as a whole, life as a whole, that, yeah, I mean, everybody, everybody's got a story and, and every, everybody has something to tell. Um, and I think about two old time, like you talk about, you know, Vietnam guys, but where we are looking at World War II guys, they're, there's, very, very few left. And I think about the time, too, like you said, you know, the Vietnam, pretty soon they're going to be gone. And it's going to be guys like Dan and guys, you know, like you myself are going to be, um, you know, the last living of, of the previous era. Yeah. Yeah, and it's crazy to think about. And that's, and that's like I said, that's why I, I want to make sure we, these people don't get forgotten, um, especially because of the fact that, you know, it wasn't, you know, something that, you know, happened overseas. It was something that happened close to home and something that could have, you know, things could have turned out differently. Yeah, um, no, exactly, man. Like Carpenter and, the, and them, they'll always be remembered because, you know, they got, they got the Medal of Honor, you know, prestigious. Um, but tragedy like this, it's, um, they fade into memory uh, very, very easily. And it's, uh, I don't know, I think these have to be revisited like you're doing and, um, and remember these guys. Is there anything, um, I know you said you had written down some notes and stuff. Was there anything that you wanted to share with us or anything like that? Um, you know, Dan, Dan was a character dude. I just, just remembering him um, kind of maybe a little bit more. I know you asked me earlier about, you know, what kind of person Dan was. But just honestly, super, super dedicated um, as an individual. You know, I gave him down with PT. But even on top of that, just a hole in, in the 40 program, like taking people up bring them to PT, making sure they didn't have excuses, you know, to not come and work out and to make sure they're in shape, getting ready to boot camp. Um, always enthusiastic. Like, you know, whenever I saw him, he, he was always laughing, always smiling. Um, always, you're just really like, you know, just enjoying himself um, and and putting smiles on other people's faces. Uh, super driven. Like, very, very, he, he was focused on what he, like, he knew what he wanted. 
Like, I can definitely tell that in him. He really wanted, um, you know, very, very driven. It seemed like he really, he hated being beat, you know, uh, in, and I always use PT as an example because that's, you know, kind of like where we spend most of our time. Um, but he just, he gave it his all. He hated being beat. He wanted to be, you know, one of the best. Uh, and that's, that's honestly how I remember him, man. Honestly, I remember him. And the guy was so honest. I, uh, very funny story. We were, we were getting ready to go to Mets and, uh, you know, like a day or two before, like we'd be in the office, right? Go over to the work, talking about it, you know, how Mets is going to go. And he's like, hey, sir. I'm like, what's up, man? Um, I was like, I think I got like, like we did flat feet. I'm like, what? He's like, yeah, I got flat feet. Or I might have asked him the question, but I'm like, okay, let me see. So he like showed him, like, dang, kind of got flat feet. <laughs> so I'm like, all right, well, don't worry about it. Like, you got to do this duck walk. And so he's like, so I'm like showing him the duck walk. Uh, you know, one of the other, other crews are in there with me, and he's like, yeah, this is how you got to do it. And just watching him try to do it, man, um, it just cracked me up. He got it, obviously. You know, he's totally <laughs> fine, but dude, like, try, watch him trying to get it initially and just trying to, uh, you know, get get the motions down. It was just so funny with you seeing like, kind of fall backwards. And, um... Bro, that's, <laughs> it's, funny. it's funny that you mentioned that because I had the same thing happen. We had this kid who went to MEPS and he failed. He failed MEPS because he couldn't do the duck walk. Yeah. So so he came back, um, and me and my boy Morales, I swear to God, me and my boy Morales sat there for over four hours trying to get this dude to understand how to do the duck walk. So we got to the point where we took like you know those metal trash cans in the recruiting office? Yeah. We took those small, like, like two-foot trash can, and we had him sit on it. And then I would tell him, okay, stay in that position. I'm going to pull it out from your ass. And then I would pull it out from his ass. He would fall on the floor. And I would literally, bro, literally over four hours, we had to get this dude to understand how to be able to squat <laughs> that low. And then finally, finally, the dude made it at MEPS. And, I, bro, it was, it, was, it was crazy. It was crazy. But well, that's, that's, that's funny. They, that's when I had that doctor that – um it was a shrink and so like he would fail to like left and right for the craziest reasons mm-hmm. so i just remember being like yo like you no not for something silly like you play football you're healthy like you're fine like there's no way that like flat feet and a stupid duck walk is gonna you know stop you from, yeah from from doing this so yeah, yeah. Man, that's i think one of the funny parts i remember about dan yeah yeah now how did it um I don't know if you remember at all, but how how did it feel, you know, coming back to Jersey? Because it was it was years that you had been gone from New Jersey, right? When you when you came back for the funeral, right? Yeah, so I had, I'd gone out. I left in August of 2015, so this was maybe was that maybe a, like two year, years? Two years, yeah. yeah so two yeah. years later, um, it, I was shocked, man. Um, seeing everybody again. Uh, and just like, honestly, not, I say shocked. I was in awe about how many people showed up, how many people knew him, remembered him, how much of an impact he made on, you know, the amount of people, the impact he made on the amount of people he did. Um, and all the effort that the community put in to honoring him, you know, like, I know that he went to Colsec and that's an awesome school for, you know, any you know, future bound military personnel. Um, you know, because like you said, you have Major Pinzak and all those guys at the ROTC, but the community 
as a whole and the high school did a phenomenal job um, honoring, honoring him right um, and bringing in everybody that cared about him. Um, his family did a spectacular job speaking about him, talking about him um, in his memory. And uh, that's, it was just, it was amazing to see that man. And I think, I think the person I remember the most, um, his sister, his sister was, was super, super strong. I think she was the first one that I had spoken with um, after his passing. And she was, uh, she seemed to kind of be like a rock, you know, at the, at the point um, I was talking to him. Uh, again, just the, the, the community support, you know, like you said before, you know, they're, they love males or don't like to join necessarily, but this amount of support in the area was, was phenomenal. Yeah, I remember that. I remember that. And, it, and, and like you said, there's a lot of people. Like I remember, um, mm-hmm. like, Mike came, Hong came. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of pulleys, Marines. come back. Yeah, yeah, people fly yeah. from California. People fly out from Lejeune, from, like, all over the U.S. to come back and, for his funeral, uh, which which is crazy. Exactly. Yeah, I, crazy. yeah, I remember that. But they yeah. were all people that were close, you know, Um Mason was super close. Um, mm-hmm. Who else was there? I'm trying to think, but they were, they were. Ruggiero. Yeah, Ruggiero. Like they, they were all very close in, in the police program, and uh, I know they all, for the most part, kept in touch. And that's that's crazy, and, and it's crazy that you say that because they were. Now that I think about it, in all the years that I was around recruiting duty, that group was like the closest group that actually yeah, was closest police and then they went on to becoming Marines and they still stayed in that that tight, you know, yeah. group of friends. Yeah. You know, still to this cool day, group. I'm pretty yeah. sure. Yeah, no, they do. It's that core group. I talked to Ruggiero the other day. Well then I messaged him the other day. Um he's doing really, really good. I think he's moving to Hawaii. Um Mason, she's having a she's having a baby. She's married. She's if I remember right in Lejeune, I think still. Um but yeah, the whole core group—they still—they still talk. They still are are fairly close, um, and I'm sure you know if Dan was still here, I, I, I'm sure that he would be part of it, man. Yeah. You know, as far as along the road. Yeah. Well, you know, I, I guess really what I want to say to you is number one, thank you for coming out and talking about yeah, this. Yeah, man. Um, and, and like I said, I also wanted it to—you know—I wanted to ask you just how how you deal with it, you know, because. Because a lot of people deal with that, you know, a lot of people deal with survivor's guilt or they deal with the idea that like, hey, like, because I, I don't know anyone else that's a recruiter. Um, I don't know anyone else that was a recruiter that had someone that they, they lost that was a police um, that became a Marine. So, you know, you're the first person that I've been able to talk to about that and, and kind of just get your, you know, kind of get your headspace on that. And and again, it's, it's important because everybody f- at some point or another is going to deal with it in some shape or form. You know, they're going to yeah. deal with it in different ways. Like I can only imagine how I can't imagine how their family deals with it. And it's, and unfortunately it's not something that ever goes away. You know, you, you see things that remind you of that person or especially for them, you know, living in the community that he grew up in, you know, they see things that remind him, you know, remind themselves of it. Um, but I, I just really want to thank you, Gunny, for coming out here and being able to share this time with me just to talk about Dan and, you know, remember, you know, the type of person that he was always going out to help other people. Um, and, and I remember the same thing. You know, I remember him always being at PT and, and, and murdering it and putting forth the best effort. And 
and I remember him being excited about, you know, doing the air crew thing. And, and, and I remember him, you know, I remember him coming home a lot and talking about where he had been. And, and, and that's one thing I, I've always tried to do is just keep in touch with these guys and just say, yeah. you know, hey, how are things going and, and stuff like that. So it's really good to know that, you know, you're, you were one of those recruiters and one of those gunnery sergeants, you know, who, who takes the time to still, you know, reach out to your Marines, even though you don't see them. But you you put them in there, and it's good to know that you you know you like me you know keep that that strong bond with them that you told them that you would. Yeah, appreciate it, man. I mean, it's not everybody that you you're able to keep in contact with, but it's you know it's like as you get older, you know your group of friends get smaller and smaller. It's not like that. Yeah, yeah. You, as you put more people in the Marine Corps, the the ones that really shine really stick yeah. out, and yeah, you make sure that you know some way, shape, or form you try to reach out every once in a while. Um, you know, maybe as much as all you always want to, but definitely try to stay in touch and to see how they're doing. And because, like I said, you know, those those people are they're kind of in the periphery, um, kind of. They're, they're always kind of on your mind. And you always wonder how they're doing, and um, you just it's just nice to check up with some people sometimes and just you know make sure they're okay. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. All right. Yeah, well, man. thanks. Thanks a lot for coming out, Gunny. I really appreciate the time, and uh, have a good rest of the night. I appreciate it, dude. Thanks so much for having me on here, um, and. I know that you said you're going to, you know, show for this father, father and, uh, you know, get his family. So I just I hope they're doing all right. I'm going to talk about them a little bit. I hope they're doing all right. I hope they're, uh, uh, after all these years, doing, doing well. All right. Uh, I do appreciate it, man. Thanks so much for having me right. on here. Remember, Dan. Yeah, thanks a lot, Kenny. All right, brother.